Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Sporer and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 715 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, July 12th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, and it's the Fireside Chat. So I'm joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, what's going on? What is happening? I'm happy there's actually baseball Oh, again, it's it was it was an interesting week for me. I felt like, oh, you know what? I have all these things I can plan for the off season and all this stuff. I'm like, no, 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 give it back to me. I want it back. We're back. Let's do this. Yeah, I, uh, I, I hated it less because I was actually at the All Star festivities, which I enjoyed. Hmm. But usually, I just agonize at no baseball throughout the week. Right, it's just weird. Yeah, and then yesterday, I think. Houston and Texas got the short end, man. How, why are they playing? Like, that's dumb. <laughs> that's so bad. That is so bad to make one team play. Right. Like, or, right. or one game, two teams. Like, yeah. that – how? How are you doing that? How is that fair at all? Um, that day is important. You know, people that uh, try to take off days on the break – or not off days, take vacations. You know, come on. I just don't see having to – it wasn't very good when it was like – five or six games but it, at least it didn't feel so like well here's two teams 50 guys y'all get messed right, over yeah and it's just you have to feel you know when you look at the schedule at the beginning of the year you feel like you're shafted well and then houston you know they sent six guys yeah that's a good and, point. and they're just non-stop busy the whole time and so they get no break whatsoever they don't even get a little breather after and listen they're ball players they're making money Nobody's saying it's the end of the world because there'll be somebody out there. They're, they're playing a kid's game and get. That's not the point. It's in the context of baseball, not in yeah. the context of the world. Right. But um, yeah, I would be pretty. I'd be pretty pissed, and I'd be. I'd be like, come on, give, <laughs> give me an off day, uh, give me this extra off day here. But anyway, they did play. Framber Valdez was terrible. We are going to talk actually some. Um, by low guys here that we're looking to get for the second half. But I'll get a quick thought from you on Framer Valdez because he started off pretty nice and he's been an absolute disaster since. He got sent down uh, before. Part of that was underperformance. Part of that was just, you know, hey, go get a breather, get your head right, come back after the break. It was the timing of it um, as well. Comes back even worse than he was in the two starts before the break. Are you out on Framber Valdez right now? And, oh, completely. Or importantly, do you think Houston will be out because they've got options? Right, and not to mention they're going to add a fifth starter at the deadline. A hundred percent. And there's also Brad Peacock. Boy. <coughs> boy, please. please. Oh, that'd be so good. Please that'd be so good. Boy. Just get There's Wheeler so or get Wheeler. Things. Wheeler sounds like a good fit too. That works too, but as a Tigers fan, I mean, either please, one. Please uh, trade with a good system for Matt Boyd. Please, please, right. please, please, please. Uh, so... So okay, so then you also have Brad Peacock coming back early next week. There just isn't any room. Yep. And with Framber, it's himself. Actually, what he brings to the table is not something incredible. Uh, is curveball is good. I like the curveball. It's hard not to. You see it. It's pretty. It'll work. Fastball Especially when working. It, right. Right. Like when it's on, it's on. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the fastball though is not. It's nothing special. And when he does command it and pound the zone early with it. He does set up that curveball. That's why we had those two really nice starts at the beginning of the year. But outside of that, there really isn't a third option. And there's nothing else to go after. And this is not the kind of repertoire that I normally chase. At the same time, Framber in the rotation, the Astros, given what we talk about after the 60s, it's just gone as far as uh, ranking starters. So Framber would have been there for me 
if he survived this start, which he didn't. So he there's did really no reason to go after this. Dynasty formats, either Framber is not really someone I would be targeting. I would agree with that. So, yeah, I just want to get quick thoughts there. Um, you know, they've still they've got guys, like I said, and I totally agree with you. They will make a move to get somebody, whether it's a higher end like a Boyd Wheeler or something lower to mid-tier. They will acquire at least one starter arm and probably even a bullpen arm, even though their bullpen's good. Right. I mean, even someone like Stroman could really excel. Exactly. There, so. Yeah. He hasn't really been talked for them as much, but um, he's going to be traded. I, I would be right. so surprised if he wasn't. And how much would we like him going there even? Stroman. Because, I mean, anyone that goes to Houston, like they, I think they can get the most out of it. Stroman doesn't have necessarily the arsenal to maximize it. But even if he's stuck with what he does, their defense alone and their oh, ballpark definitely. alone would that, make him so instantly more intriguing to me. I do wonder if the Astros would not go after Stroman because he is such a sinker baller. Uh, that he is such a massive I think that's- ground ball thing. I think that's part of why they haven't. Right. And they haven't been linked and, to it. Like, they don't really want that. But to, I do think they could make the most of it if that's what they ended I up I would with. love to be a fly on the wall on the theoretical Stroman trade. Him talking to the analytics department was like, yeah, stop throwing St. Cruz. Like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I would love to see that conversation. You're going to use your sinker happened. so differently now. Right. But. Now let's get that slider working and maximizing it. Because he has a really good slider. It's just on or off. Yes, he does. And, ah, the whole thing. And for those that look at um, like pitch value on our, our pitch type on Fangrass, uh, the curveball and slider are really a meld of yeah. the two. Because I think they'll see like 3% slider. What are these guys talking about? 32% curveball. That's the that's one of those ones where it's the same pitch. Yeah. It, it overlaps mm-hmm. and the break can be different. That's what makes it such a dynamic pitch. Right. It's almost Kluberian, where he can manipulate it into three different pitches: slider, <laughs> cutter, curveball. But it's all really his breaking ball. I'm sorry, I just hear Kluber Kluberian and thinking it's like Kluberian. Lovecraft or something like that. Like it's, what's what's Lovecraft? I don't like know like, like a Cthulhu kind of stuff. Like it's like fantasy is on the yeah 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 you know it's like uh, you know it's like the mystical powers of of the Kluberian breaking ball that you like cast Uh, cast the spell the language is just ones and zeros Uh, exactly (laughs) but all Um, right so we got four guys to talk about I have two and you have two who is uh, who is your first one my number one okay one of the things I debate with a lot here when we do shows that have maybe kind of some overlapping topics is. You know, do I repeat a guy that I really like yeah. that maybe I did on a different episode with Justin because we did some bounce backs yesterday and it wasn't all pitchers? Um, or, you know, do I assume that everyone listens to every episode <laughs> and just try to be new all the time? And I, I, I go with the with the former where I was like, if I like a guy, I'm going to stick with him and maybe do a little bit of repeating sometimes mm-hmm. and, and stay with my guys because I do know that not everybody gets to listen to every episode. So. If you did listen listen to yesterday's episode, you did hear me talk a bit about Zach Wheeler. I'm going to do it again in this context here because I really do believe that he's worth going out and buying. And um, on yesterday's show, I talked about Thor or Wheeler, kind of a choose-your-own-adventure of who you would want to go get and buy because I do think that you could get a discount on both. But I think the discount on Wheeler would be bigger. Um, he's not nearly as big of a name. He kind of has the one good season uh, – of, of like greatness because even the the two seasons before in 13 and 14 the whip wasn't good mm-hmm. and uh the strikeouts were only good in one of those years so it's not and even though thor has his own questions and you've been foremost on that about 
jump off the Thor train, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it either, it. you know. I actually was kind of like, I can imagine him making that adjustment. And even in spring training, it was like, hey, I'm that's, throwing a high four-seamer. So I was slightly in on that. I was myself, thinking. So I can't even say that's that. That's what I was thinking, but it hasn't been there. But uh, with Wheeler, you you look at – this is one of the ones where the underlying metrics do tell you to stay – stick with him. And uh, the ERA is the part that's scary. Uh, so this is one of the easier ones where you just kind of dig underneath and you're like, well, okay, the fastball is still there and and strong more often than not. Uh, the home runs have really skyrocketed. They're nearly double off of last year's mark, even though his walk rate and strikeout rate are both better. So you're looking at a 469 ERA because the homers and Babbitt have gone up, yet a 365 FIP, which isn't very far from what he did last year, which was a 325. If you prefer like XFIP and Sierra, those both uh, say that he's way better than what we've gotten this year out of um, out of Zach Wheeler. So they're more of a high threes than that than that mid threes on the FIP. But whatever you look at, this is a sub four talent right now. He hasn't pitched to that. I do think that he can improve though. It's not an egregious homer to fly ball rate or even really an egregious BABIP. So it's not something where he's been so catastrophically unlucky. Mm -hmm. But if you look at some of the sequencing of things with Zach Wheeler, you just see that things could have easily gone the other way. And it's uh, a lot of it is some of that chain stuff of one out here ends this inning that turned into four runs. Because I've been re reviewing some of his starts recently, and you just see stuff where you're like, oh, my goodness, dude, you were one pitch from yeah, getting out of this, exactly. and then it waterfalled. And that happens a lot. But I think he's hit a lot of it recently. Um, it's been difficult to watch him, though, because you watch two great starts in a row to start May, seven innings, two runs for both, double-digit strikeouts, then pummeled at Washington, then three more strong seven, four more strong seven inning starts, then back to back 10 hit games. It's like there's no rhyme or reason, but this is the kind of guy I love. He's not consistently bad. Wheeler is still showing the flashes of excellence that make you want to believe in this. So while a 469 ERA is not good and certainly hurts, it's really not even, it's a tick away from the, the baseline quality start, which while we don't want a 450 ERA, that's a that's a worthwhile outing. So we're not that far from getting the mid to low threes Zach Wheeler that we like. And if he does get dealt, I think maybe a new environment could help. I, I do believe in some of the toxicity of the Mets environment that you just don't really want to be a part of it. So if he got dealt out into a um, like a better pennant race, I feel like that can energize guys at times. That's more of a Alex Thinkfast type of deal because we can't really quantify it. And some guys go into those deals and they don't do well. Other guys thrive. I think Bumgarner sure, yeah. could be somebody who thrives in them. So I'm just sticking with Zach Wheeler. I'm taking my discount because I do believe you will get one in every league, even if it's not a severe discount. And I'll go ahead and buy low, hoping that I can spike a second half stuff. Remember last year, by the way, he wasn't great until the second half. That's when he really kicked in gear. So yeah. this is very similar, and I'm going to dive in again and hope that fastball carries me to the promised land. Well, anyone that knows me knows that I'm going to agree with you about Zach Wheeler, considering right. how much I, I loved him in the preseason. Uh, there are a couple things about Wheeler I think we should take note of, and it's that his slider and curveball babips are way up uh, this season. Uh, on the curveball, it's up to about 400 on the pitch That's from 300 last year. Um, and this is, I mean, we'll say this, it is also a more of a zone pitch this year, 10 points higher about from last year, which is a decent amount. So I can understand it's, he's throwing more hittable 
curveballs in 2019 and 2018. So Wheeler's BABIP on the pitch should go up, but still 400. I mean, come on. 400, come on. That's, that's, that's not going to stick on. around there. And then you also have that slider that is a bit more hittable this year. He's not getting it as low in the zone. That's why you see a 39% ground ball rate this year on the slider uh, instead of the 55% ground ball rate on Wheeler's slider in 2018. And you also see that increase in Babbitt to 328 from 253 last year. So these are definite areas where he needs to improve. He still does not have a 15% whiff pitch. It's all 10% from his splitter to his slider to his curveball. And guess what? His Actually, pretty much every single one of his pitches are just 10%. 10.3 on the, on the four-seamer. Like, 10.4 like right on the slider. 9.3 right on the curveball. And 10.8 on the changeup. I don't think I've ever seen that. Where it's essentially just like everything is right there at 10. And so we are waiting for that secondary pitch to really take off. To allow him to to dominate with more of those four-seamers. That was a 25 P-Val pitch last season. Just 7.5 because of those homers. But it is really close. The velocity is there. It's actually even harder this year than it was last year at 97. Mm-hmm. As opposed to 96.5. I, I really do need to see that slider game better. There's something to be said also about the Mets as a team, that their sliders just have been worse. And we were, I was talking about that with Fast yesterday. So there there might be something here of going away from the Mets. I, I totally do believe if Wheeler goes away, you will not be able to to get Wheeler at the same discount. Do it now. No. Anticipate this. I, I would be shocked, honestly, if Wheeler is not dealt. Because even though the Mets will say, we're going to wait we're going to wait until we're completely out of it. But trust me, two weeks from now, when it's July 28th, the Mets will be out of it. <laughs> I think they're the second I, 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 worst in the NL right now in record, if I remember correctly. Underneath, you are correct, sir. Uh, underneath the, they're uh, the worse Marlins. They're the Giants. Yeah, it's, it's... They're above the Marlins, you mean. They're, it's right, the only right, team yeah, the that Marlins they're... Marlins are 33 wins and the Mets have 40. That's unbelievable but, nick but here's the thing they're only seven games out of the wild card i know but how many teams <laughs> well it's every other team <laughs> exactly that's the thing and that, that's one thing that you know if you're a fan of a particular team or just when you're trying to assess things in general about trades and whatnot it's the teams it's not the games at this point because you know even the giants fans that want to try to delude themselves we're five and a half back one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, and then yeah, and then you're looking at a wild card. Like right. So you're not you're you're. It's not just five and a half games. It's so much more than that when you have to leapfrog so many teams. It is pretty funny though that uh, that there are five teams um, <laughs> below, like in the AL, it's the Orioles, Royals, Tigers, Blue Jays, and Mariners that are at minimum fourteen games out of the wild card. It's it's crazy, and it's the way we thought. The two leagues would play out where the AL was going to be yeah. a lot more haves, have nots, and the NL was going to be a lot more compacted. I mean, just look at how that East and Central specifically are going to play out oh, in the gonna NL. It's yeah. going to be utterly bananas. And, um, you know, the West, I mean, the Dodgers, it would take an epic collapse for them to lose well, that. Well, I cannot wait for that final Sunday. That's going to be a good day. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into your first guy here. Yeah, so, I mean, these are two guys I've been talking about for a bit, and I, like you were saying before, it might sound a little bit repetitive, but I just really want to hammer in how I do believe these guys could vastly improve in the second half. First one is Griffin Canning. Uh, Canning, yes. uh, it's just it's a 4-4-3 ERA right now. It's going to turn some people away, especially the 1.8 home run per nine, 15% home run fireball rate. It's 
it sounds like a rookie who's just kind of not going to figure it out. And I see him as Shane Bieber 2.0. Um, considering that last year we had the home run problem as well from Shane Bieber. The Babbitt was too high. It's actually the reverse right now, 248 Babbitt, but that doesn't include the home runs. So, you know, it's not so fair just to look at 248 and say he's unlucky. Those would be doubles or something like that, not necessarily mm-hmm. home runs, and that Babbitt would be back up. Bacon is better. All right. Uh, <laughs> batting hammerage on contact. Uh, that includes home runs. That's all. Um, with Griffin Canning, 26% strikeout rate. He has a slider that has a 24% swinging strike rate. That is ridiculous. It is such a good pitch. And that curveball, 139 batting average allowed. Uh, So he has two amazing secondary pitches. And the fastball, I got to say this, I love how he elevates it. He does a really good job of of going up in the zone with four-seamers. It's something I look for a lot. Now, he isn't sequencing it right. And that has led to eight home runs off the pitch and under 500 thrown so far. There's your big problem. But... But I really do think this is just one of those he'll get better as the season goes on, refine this approach, get a little bit more experience on the hill. Those two breaking balls are fantastic. And I think Griffin Canning is going to continue his development, even if it isn't necessarily the second half. I think it still will be. 2020 is definitely a season I'm targeting Griffin Canning, save for injury, of course. Uh, I just think it's someone that you should be keeping your eye on and can really take that leap. Yeah, I'm I'm in here with with Griffin Canning. He's been so electric, and while he has had some some blow up starts to kind of push the ERA, uh, if you if you if you've watched any of his starts, you understand the appeal here and what could really uh, come together as he kind of figures things out. Whether it's the second half or beyond, obviously I'm open to taking that bet in the second half. He has no track record to really speak of, so you can definitely cop a discount with griffin canning i mean there's nobody in the right mind who could you know hold you over the barrel for him you're not going to steal him for your your worst player but you're going to pay a fair price which is like middle to back end of your roster somewhere in there like a quality right but but not over the top hitter i'm trying to think of like a decent name like that um well i, I should mention also that with griffin canning as you think about that it's unlikely that he has a an innings limit this year he threw 113 innings last year 81 thus far Yeah, they're not making a playoff push either. I could see them just kind of letting Kenny go maybe the last week of the season. He doesn't make that start, but I wouldn't, you know, he's he's probably going to end around like 160 and that's going to be just fine. I I wouldn't let that uh, like drive me away. You know, one of those kind of solid power bats, but they're they're really, that's kind of it. I don't know, like a Fran Mill Reyes. I know some people really love him. I, I think I would trade him for Griffin Canning like a Jock Peterson he's now rated as the 64th outfielder mm-hmm. I know he's got 20 homers but he's hitting 239 you know so I I would do something like that uh, that's the kind of realm that I'd be open to trading and you might not even have to go that high maybe it could be a sweet swinging Garrett Cooper sweet uh, swinging Garrett Cooper he's, he's been sweet swinging and so maybe <laughs> it's something like that but I definitely I'm open to this with Griffin Canning and definitely think other folks should be too. For my second one, I'm, I'm betting on a trade again. This one is out of pure speculation, though, because I haven't really heard many rumors, and they don't necessarily have to trade. Actually, let me see if this guy's even a rental. I think he might be a rental, in which case they should absolutely trade him. No, he's not. So they got more years with this guy, so there's not necessarily going to trade him. But if they could get something big and get Dylan Bundy out of Baltimore. Oh, man. Oh, man, we're going to talk about Dylan Bundy now. Yes. All right, let's do it. I like it. If I told you I got somebody 
with a 24% strikeout rate, a 13% swinging strike, uh, you know, an average 8% walk rate, nothing great there, but certainly not detrimental. With one good pitch in the, in the bank with the slider, that's something to work on. However, the fastball is a disaster. I understand that. It's a home run machine, and he's been giving up home runs before it was fashionable. Um, and now, you know, as as everyone goes up in the home runs, of course, so does the guy that was already at like 1.4. Now he's up to 2.0. And that's problematic, obviously. And that's really the big issue here with Dylan Bundy. That's what makes it such a cautious buy. But that's where I'm specking. First off, dirt cheap. You can probably pick him up in a lot of mixed leagues. He should be on the wire because he's terrible. But in the leagues where he's not, <clears throat> you're not paying a premium at all. But if you need pitching and you want to spec on something that can be dirt cheap and could actually give you something down the road, I'm thinking like, uh, um, I wouldn't say dream scenario, but like, you know, a, a realistic upside that doesn't take too much, too many leaps would be a strikeout per inning with a 380-125 ERA whip combo, something like that. Um, if the fastball improves a bit. But it need it needs to improve. It cannot live as is with Bundy. It's been an utter disaster. He's been a home run machine. He needs to get the ball back in the park somewhat to have some real success. But I do not rule out that success. So if you're looking for a true buy low, Dylan Bundy's my guy. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, Nicholas Gott actually put out a, a cool article going deep on on Petros about Dylan Bundy about six days ago. And one thing that really stuck with me was that I don't think people realize that his RPM is top five for a four-seamer. That can be worked with. Miner, Verlander, Cole, Scherzer, and then Bundy right underneath 2,500. And considering that that is the problem for Bundy is that fastball, uh, considering he also increased that changeup usage, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a very big pitch for him. Uh, That was actually a money pitch back in the day. Uh, for Bundy back when he was starting to come up that was a real thing that got us excited uh, before even he started throwing those cutters and actually it's a money pitch again uh, 45% O swing 43, 44% zone rate and 18% swing strike rate for that change up on Dylan Bundy that's great that's so good he's increased its usage to 19% from 10% last year uh, there's something here it's just about you know can he please not be in the top five of home per nine again? Yeah, I mean it's that would be really cool. It's right at two right now. It's so rough. I mean that's that's and, so 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 bad. Right. By the way, but, I love that the article says trade me used to do. I mean that's such an obvious thing right. to say, but yep. there are certain guys where it's like because we were talking about this offline. Um, yeah, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be mad if they traded for Marcus Stroman, but that's not something that's not as alluring as Bundy or Boyd. Um, or, you know, who are some of the other guys that are available? I mean, obviously Thor would be a dream. I think they would, that would would, finally get rid of that sinker. They would, they would Garrett Cole the heck out of him, dude. They would Garrett Cole him so fast. (laughs) Um, I like that. That's a verb. Um, would they get Archer? I mean, would the pirates turn around and flip him again? Well, if the, if the pirates were open to it, I think that the Astros would buy low. So the the Pirates would take another bath on it because they'd have to because they couldn't really ask for a right. big price. So they can't – that's – by the way, that's why they can't do it because they, they wouldn't be able to get yeah, they, anything yeah. close. They would have to try to build that value back up and maybe trade them next year. But if they did and the Astros got them, yes, we would be – remember, not this is not like a victory lap because it was obvious. But the one thing that we said, don't go to Pittsburgh. When we when we did trade yeah, – we did the trade we like, pod. And we were talking about Please. the top guys that could get traded. <laughs> we said Archer's probably going to get dealt. As long as he doesn't go to Pittsburgh, we're in. And he freaking went to Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, but but they gave us Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows. Exactly, so that's, okay. so that's good. But anyway, um, yeah, Bundy. If obviously if he went somewhere like Houston, but really anywhere, get out of Camden. Obviously that would help. AL East, yes. uh, that would help as yeah. well. And um, and figure out something with that fastball. Can you do something with those RPMs? Can you do something with that spin rate that can help you? Right now, what you're doing is not working, but you do have a a money pitch. Um, a solid strikeout rate, good swing, swing strike rate. You have something to build on with Bundy. So again, that's like a, a hail mary by low. And I will say the graphic that was in uh, Nicholas's article is hot. Yeah. Whoever and, oh, that graphic, very cool. Justin parodies. That's our he's ooh. I he's love incredible. the incredible. Just like the background there. Commission on, on Twitter. Oh, he's so talented. It's absolute fire. Yeah, it's crazy good. Uh, but um, all right. So I like the Bundy one. That's that's a, that's a fun one. I, I will be so happy if Dylan Bundy does get dealt and figures this out. That slider is so good. We, we've been pro Bundy in the uh, past, so yeah, we're we're hoping right. we're hoping this can come through. Um, I mean, I remember when he first really showed up, had those like, three starts in a row that were just dominant. Yes. And I remember texting my friend saying, "Dude, you finally have an ace in Baltimore." And he's like, shut up. <laughs> oh, what if I allow 52 billion? Home? Uh, that'd not, be cool. So it's all my fault, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, I, my second one is someone I, that I don't think it will surprise many people. Max Fried should be considered yes. to be much better in the second half. Obviously, he was someone early on that was a popular regression candidate. He, you know, his Babbitt wasn't sustainable. He wasn't strike out a ton of guys. It was very easy for people to say buy, sorry, sell high on Max Fried early on. But there is something I think that we should take into account is that early on he wasn't really throwing that slider much and he started throwing it and that's a that's a money pitch that's a really good offering 174 batting average allowed on over 20, 200 thrown this year 17% swing strike rate 43% zone rate 44% no swing on Max Reed's slider that's fantastic that's really good the problem has been actually his curveball command um, in the past month and change just hasn't been there and it's taken a massive step back as far as uh, being dependable deeper in counts for free to help set up his fastball. Because what's happening right now is he has actually a good fastball. He's coming He's not as excellent as it was in April, but still good enough. But he's relying on that curveball inside the zone, and it just wouldn't go down enough. It would be hung a bit, and it would allow guys to, you know, when they were ready for the high fastball, they would want the, you know, you want to see the curveball down below it, but it would stay up, and that would mean, oh, cool, I can just kind of cheat up a bit in general. Um, and that's what's happened to Freed a good amount. The slider hasn't been enough to get him out of that. I really do think he has a repertoire to be very successful. Uh, I think in the second half, I mean, what we're seeing right now is like a five plus ERA over the last uh, month or two um, from Freed. And he's so much better than that. Uh, I could see this being now he probably will get shut down to some degree. And that itself will also make it a really cheap ad for free, considering the the five plus ERA, he's probably going to get shut down. Probably no one really wants anything to do with him. I think you can get two months of, of production out of Freed. It might not show up right away after the All Star break, but I would not be shocked if August is the best month of the year for Freed, um, and that that would be something to definitely keep an eye on. I agree, and um, I believe it was you who sold me on Max Freed when we talked about him as a uh, big difference in our rankings. And you, I believe you tipped me off that the, the slide piece was coming was becoming a part of his arsenal to actually give him the three pitches and give give some right. backing to a potential strikeout gain. And it is a new slider this year, 14% thrown. It's been his best pitch by Whoa. pitch value. Um, 
recently last four starts have been above 20 percent. there you go yeah it's really become something that that freed can go to he doesn't walk guys he gets a decent strikeout rate that that continues to show promise i like this one too because i do think a 429 141 opens up a nice buying opportunity he was a he was a darling for a little while and he's fallen on hard times now to the point where I bet he's popping up on some 10-team wires, to be honest, right now, too. Uh, oh, yeah. So you can just go get him for free. But in leagues where he is on a roster, I think trading for him. Because, again, I think Wheeler's probably the only one here where you're paying something substantial off your team. You know, like a real hitter that you're using because he has a track record and the underlying numbers are a little bit more obvious. These other three guys are true by lows, though. They're not going to cost you much. You are taking a gamble, but it could really pay off. Think about some of the guys that we had last year around this time that weren't doing well that turned it around and became excellent. Wheeler himself was one of them. And obviously, we're not saying that any of these guys are going to become Herman Marquez because that's so lofty and it was a historical second half or even Wheeler himself because he was pretty excellent. But we see plenty of guys turning around on a dime because they tweak one pitch or they move on the rubber. Or, or they don't even do anything. They just keep their same um, strategy. It just starts to get better results, whether their luck yeah. changes mm-hmm. or um, just flat out the pitches are just incrementally better across the board. It's not always some sweeping, smoking gun change. Uh, so, yeah, this is some of the stuff that we're betting on here, and I like all four of these guys. And as somebody who – you know, we've we've lamented the pitching landscape a lot this year, Nick. Yes, we have. I, I want to <laughs> say, and I felt a little boy who cries wolf because we've been, you know, like I said, lamenting it all year. When when July, uh, when July hit, that was the worst. That was yes. the I, I couldn't was... believe how much I hated that. Well, we we were making. I remember uh, you put out your rankings, and the first thing I sent to you, I didn't even see them because again, I don't I don't look until we have to do the our ranking articles. I, I don't want any sort of yeah. I don't want mine. Way. I don't want mine influence until I have my set. I I, I just right. I don't, you don't you don't want any influence exactly. So I, I I saw that you posted it, and I I think I sent you a text or something, being like, "How hard yeah, was my that? God." How how what, it, like once I hit the sixties, you're like, what, "What do what, I do?" I mean, fifties, forties, like. <laughs> Yeah. What's going on? I it's don't so know hard. what to do here. I don't have, you know, it's 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 my least oh, confident ranking of the year by far. Even less confident than February for crying out loud when we don't know anything. Well, what's funny to me is that I'm, it's I think the most confident because it's it's so like well yeah what you know no one can complain as much because we all I know see what nothing, you're saying you're you know like what yeah I mean? what, what are you gonna argue against me what, what do you, do you want yeah how are you gonna, gonna back it up come. <laughs> Get real. You're really going to tell me that this you know? guy belongs here? Yeah, you're right. That's actually a good way to spin it and be like, I'm actually more confident because just wipe my hand. Like, I, I don't know. I, you don't I, know. We don't know. Nobody I, knows. I think my my Monday ranking this week was like the least amount of changes I've had all year. Because you don't – that And that, that was a full week yeah, just too. Yeah, just stick tight with it and just kind of believe in the guys you believe in, you know, and, and try to elevate some guys that you think could really turn it around. But other than that, man – it's hard, and it's hard to give advice when people ask. You know, I I do my due diligence. I look up the stats. I say, here's who I like. But home but runs make confidence at the same time zero because home runs are. I think you're doing a great Thank job. You. I appreciate that. So. I think you are too. You do it every week. I don't know how you do it. You stay a sane man. Um, I will I will once again promote. Obviously, people listen to this on both your feed and my feed. You know, we have uh, the overlapping groups. If you don't have the Pitcher List podcast feed. You need it. The On the Corner, I absolutely adore that show. When you guys talk, 
talking about <laughs> risers, fallers. Why did you rank this guy here? Where Alex challenges you with the comments from the uh, from the Reddit. Oh yeah, I love that part. I, I, I love that. Part. And honestly, I got to see Alex this week. I had a great time at All Star, and I love you. But I hate you guys because you didn't give me a pod this week. That's well, we did. We dropped it yesterday. We didn't last week. This is um, that, I did not know. Okay. We, we we did it last night. We did it last week because of I, the I, knew, I knew that. And we just and we couldn't. Was the right. Move. We didn't want wanted. You know, well, we, I mean, even if we, we had tried, we, we just wouldn't, you know, we, we I didn't, didn't have, I didn't pod that day either. I think we put out tweets at the same you know, time. Like it just, it was just not none right. None of it felt by, like it mattered so, in, in light of. Yeah, that, exactly. Like, it was like, how could we talk about this stuff? We, right we know what we it do is, you know, right. it's fun. It's, it's trivial in the grand scheme. Of course, it's important to us. But uh, when you, when you get struck by something like that, it's just. It was awful, man. I, exactly. You know, this is a guy that uh, with Skaggs, we've we've followed his entire career, right? He's he's a guy who we've known forever uh, be, because right. of his uh, because of his trajectory here. Obviously, at our age, we're starting to follow guys from start to finish, and so um, yeah. you know I, that that adds a little bit to it. Not that I'm not saddened anytime the baseball community loses. No, well, somebody, no, we felt more we felt absolutely. connected, you know, especially considering us being starting pitchers. I mean, yeah, I wrote the. Um, the the Tyler Skaggs myth, which is probably the coyest article title I've ever come up with, and I uh, and then you turned. So I like, felt an attachment with you. Became him. like that. Yeah, I, and I the even, whole trajectory. Went I, I even flipped. Yeah, so that 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 obviously hit me hard. Hit a lot of people hard, and uh, so you know it was a very easy decision to say. Of course, we can't yeah. do this. No, it, was, it was the right move. But uh, but we did. But we did cast yesterday. We I made a really ridiculous sound at one point that I've on, on our Discord. I've like saved as an. We're MVP. wrapping this up here, and I'm so going into the that. chat. Uh, I'm gonna be doing my <laughs> chat, and this is what I'll be listening to. See, you you guys dropped this while oh, I was streaming cool. last night, so I was unaware. I cool. thought I was going without this week, <laughs> and I'm not. I mean, you know, I feel like I. I, we obviously do this as a simulcast. I, I don't do this enough just because obviously everyone I feel just knows you spore at Rotographs. But obviously, if you're listening to Pitcher List and you don't know Rotographs somehow, please go over there. Obviously, um, spore. It, you know, it, it's it's incredibly fun that I get to do this with you specifically because this is you know I do my SB rankings, you do ours. I feel like we are you know we are these people that We're do in it. The trenches. It's really fun. We have different minds and different yes. approaches doing it. Um, and I feel very lucky to be able to do this with you. That you, you know, honored that you you bring me onto this. So, guys, if you don't know Spore, I don't know why you don't know him. Well, I, I I appreciate that, and it's it's been great, man. And I still remember. I still I'm always going to. I'm never going to forget it. The the drive home <laughs> in the uh, in the summer yeah, right? Austin summer night of uh, of just mm. thinking about Castillo and where did we go wrong on our guy and. Man, we were. This is the, the, the funny in retrospect. I'm like, this, this is, is it. This, this is what we. we <laughs> I'm so happy. He's and this arrived. is. I'm so happy. This is something that's plagued me in fantasy sports at large for years, being a year early, and it's sure. one of those things where it's like, in some way, it can be. Well, Castillo's his own thing because I I stuck with him, so I still, quote unquote, benefited right. from my love. Yep. Um, but it's like one of those things of like. If you don't stay stay the course and tout the guy, you don't. I, I feel uncomfortable going back and be like, "Why well, I, I had that guy, but it was last year," unless you kind of stay with him. But at the same time, I'm like, well, at least my process was right. I was just the the timing was a bit wrong. And I'm telling you, when I say every sport, I used to like do fantasy hoops, and I remember I was dead in, like die hard in on Kevin Love, and uh, mm-hmm. I want to say it was. 
uh, looking at his stats right now to try to piece together when this would have been. I think it was 2009-10 season, getting him in these leagues, really loving him. He only played 60 games. It wasn't great. He hadn't really broken out. Next year, elite, all-star, just incredible. Derrick Rose, the year before his his uh, his MVP. We should we should definitely note this for an off season cast. It's like, all right, who were you a year yes. early on this year? You think? For I next absolutely year? agree with that because you know one of the ones that I think I I planned it right where I think I was gonna I'm gonna be timing it properly was a guy we talked about offline before we started too, which is Jack Flaherty, a candidate that we talked sure. about maybe doing this for who we could both see flipping in the second half, but you were actually a little cool on him coming into this season. I'm not. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I I, I called him Lance McCullers 2.0. Yep. Uh, because he's a one-pitch breaking ball You guy. were on it, man. You need to, you need to yeah. get props for that because <laughs> everyone was pumping him up, pushing him up, and you were like, let me peel back. Let me peel back. But, well, I mean, I still ranked him. What was it? We checked. I was still ranked him at 19, so that's on me there. I still, um, I will say, I mean, I'm mean, even just on the top of my head right now. We can obviously talk about this more in another cast, but guys, I feel like I was a year early on this year that I'm still probably going to stick with for next year. First one that comes to mind is Pablo Lopez. Um, yep. I could consider, I mean, I'm just looking at my list right now, but like, I need to bring it down. Maybe Joe Musgrove slightly. Yes. That, that um, could be considered. That's exactly what I thought of too. when you said that he'll be my number one problem. Unless he turns um, Andrew Heaney might be. Uh, we'll see. I'm curious. That's yeah, that's a great one. call. But we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Nick, it was great talking with you again. I look forward to listening to the On the Corner here. We'll be back next week talking something. I'm not sure what, but we'll have, we'll have a week <laughs> we'll of games. We'll out. actually have games back ready to go. <laughs> so maybe we'll find a particular pitcher to hone in on. Maybe we'll do trade candidates. Maybe it's time to there do that. And, and yeah, plus or minus, the way we did last year, you know, where do we not want guys to go? And then we'll pick somebody like Stroman and say, as long as he doesn't go to this spot, and then he'll go to that spot. Right, he'll go, no, to, go the to the Pirates. Pirates <laughs> but uh, Nick, great talking with you, and we'll be back at it again next week. Likewise, sports always fun hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's fireside chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at Pitcher List.